Well, you may wonder why would we uh, welcome Merry Christmas with that kind of message? There's a lot of tension in that, isn't there? There's a lot of tension. That's an unsettling way to even start a message, but we started with that for a specific reason. Because it was in the midst of tension. It was the midst of conflict. It was the midst of struggle that Jesus shows up on the scene. That very first Christmas did not come full of decorations. It didn't come full of Christmas lights. It doesn't come full of Christmas music already. And in fact, let me show you this. Most of our imagery that comes at Christmas time comes from not all the Gospels, but it comes primarily from Luke. And in Luke, and if you have your Bibles, I want you to open. We're going to be in several places today. But I want to start out right here, and if you want to follow along, uh, I've got all these verses. They're going to, you're going to find them at westernhills.church in the, in the app. But Luke 2 says this, Luke 2 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The angels show up to the shepherds on a dark night, and they say, I'm bringing you good news. And from that, we get most of our imagery around Christmas. In fact, here's a scene of a nativity. And it's sweet, isn't it? It's nice. Most of the images, once again, come from Luke. We've put the wise men in there. They come from Matthew. That's actually a different story. We'll get to that in just a second. But as you look at nativity scenes, you almost get the idea that the barn smells like cinnamon, doesn't it? I mean, it's just so nice. And what I'm trying to convey to you is that we have a different image of Christmas if we shift the channel from Luke's gospel over to Matthew's gospel. See, where Luke gives us the nice, sweet stuff that shows up on Charlie Brown, Matthew is a little bit more PG-13 rated. And his has an edge to it. And what I want you to understand is we look at that this past year that we've had, and all the tension that comes from it. We've got a, a clip of all the headlines that we just, we just put up. And in this, you see all the bad news that we've been bothered with, right? I mean, 2020, it's a beatdown, right? And here we come with bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news, where is anybody else done like I've done and just shut off the news feed? Everybody know I've been just like I, my anxiety can't handle it anymore, because it's a roller coaster ride all the way through. And just when I think I'm in a good place, just when I think okay, I'm, we're going to be okay, you hear more bad news. And some of it comes through our news feeds, and some of it comes because you get a phone call, or you get an email about a loved one, and now they're in the hospital. Now they've lost their job or something. And what I want to place for us today as we jump into the series, and we're going to call the series, But the Good News Is, is that at the very first Christmas, at the very first time that this good news was uttered by the angels and said to the shepherds, I bring you good news, it was a time of bad news. The good news always shows up when the bad news looks like it's running the day. 
And so if you have your Bibles, open to Matthew chapter 1. And as we get in that Bible, we're going to find in, this, in Matthew's Gospel, that's where we get the wise men. And that's where we get a much darker picture. And Matthew's Gospel gives us more of the picture from Joseph's point of view. See, a lot of our stuff focuses on Mary, but Joseph was there, and Joseph had a critical role to play. And in many ways, the Christmas story, the good news for you and me, did not start out good news for Joseph. Because Joseph had to get some bad news, or at least some troubling news, from his fiancée. The one that he had betrothed and committed his life to. And you need to understand, back in the day, in this day, an engagement was pretty much already a marriage contract. It was already a bind. It wasn't just simply, hey, you and I, we like each other and we're committed and we're picking a date out. It's that there's already a legal arrangement coming around it and there's already a high expectation. And fidelity, just like it's important today, fidelity would have been very critical back then. And so when Mary comes to him and says, well, guess what? I'm expecting. That was not met with a smile. It was not met with, well, let me get the nursery ready, honey. It was met with skepticism and doubt and frustration. And, and just put yourself into that where you hear those words and what you thought the future was going to hold, suddenly it did, doesn't hold at all. And we've experienced some of that this year. And so with that, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. We are two verses into the narrative, and divorce is already on the table. This is not a sweet, nice, clean nativity scene, is it? I mean, we could actually, just like we put the wise men at the nativity scene, we should put some divorce lawyers right on the side. Because that's what Matthew is trying to tell us. Joseph is not receiving this information as, well, God must be doing something here. He's receiving the information as, I can't trust you. You have betrayed me. And things are already dark in our world, and you just made them darker for me. And so Joseph is frustrated. He's alone. He loves Mary, but he can't imagine staying with her now. Maybe he'll just end the relationship quietly. See, well, you get an idea of the kind of guy that Joseph is, because he could easily publicly disgrace her, and nobody, nobody would think anything negative about Joseph. Because he has all the rights at this point. Everybody is assuming that's what he's going to do. He should get on his social media feed and run her into the ground. But he's not going to do that because he's a righteous man. I not run her into the ground, yet I've got to move away from this relationship. This relationship is not what I thought it was. And I can you, can you only imagine how exhausted he is 
and you're in, he's in one of those times where it's hard to even think straight. You've been in that fog. Maybe it's a fog of grief or regret or anxiety. And you're really, your mind just keeps reeling over the same thing again and again and again, but it doesn't get any traction. It doesn't seem to go anywhere. You don't seem to be able to make a plan. And your sleep becomes affected. You know, and so you're reaching for the melatonin or you're reaching for the ibuprofen PM, trying to get some kind of sleep. Well, that's Joseph. And so he's turning back and forth, drifting in and out of sleep, and he has a dream. And in that dream, God speaks to him. And we have that dream in chapter 1, verse 20. So back in your Bibles again. And this is where we're going to camp out. But after he had considered this, after he considered divorcing her, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Okay, so fear is already in the story. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because... What she has conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to be preaching on the Holy Spirit in beginning of 2021, but the whole, it begins here. The Holy Spirit's involved in this process. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I want you, if you've got your Bibles open or your app open, I want you to highlight or circle that verse right there. Because here is where Matthew gives the good news. Here is where Matthew steps into a time in history, this dark, this that's filled with anxiety. See, the Jewish people weren't even in control of their own destiny at this point. The Jewish people were in an occupied country with Rome giving the orders. Rome was telling them what they could and couldn't do. And so the government that was over them locally was pretty much a puppet government. And some people that were still trying to keep power were allowed to stay in power, but they were on a leash. And they were being told what to do. And so the spiritual sense of the land was just a dark time. And now Joseph's in the middle of his own darkness because of this betrayal or seemingly betrayal by Mary. And yet in the middle of it, this dream, God shows up and says, no, no, no. What Mary, what is happening to Mary is from the Lord and she's going to conceive a son and the name of that will be Emmanuel. Now we get two names. We get two names for Jesus in this. Jesus, which means God will save his people from their sins and we'll talk about that later. And we get the second name, Emmanuel. And you thought it was hard to pick out names for your kids. God just lines them all up. Here, we're going to use all of them. And he says, this one Emmanuel, it's God with us. And what Matthew is telling us is right in the middle of the bad news, here's the good news. Right in the middle of all that brings you anxiety, Emmanuel, God with us. Right in the middle of everything that you're worried about, Emmanuel, God with us. So let's spend a little bit of time talking what it means to have God with us and what it meant to Joseph to get this in the middle of this dream, the middle of this struggle that he's having. Several years ago, uh, the theologian Bette Midler came out with a song. You probably know the one I'm talking about. 
she says, God is watching us. God is watching us. But the line of the song is, at a distance, God is watching us. And it basically takes this assumption, if you step far enough back from the planet, if you step far enough back from the situation, all of our problems look real small, we all can get along, everything gets better if you look at us from a real distance. Now, I think your intent was to say, we're really all the same in the end, but when she goes into the chorus or the bridge of it saying, and God is watching us at a distance, she completely misses the point. Because that's where most of us think God is. He is so far removed from our problems. He's a nice idea, but He's not a real concept when we have to deal with what 2020 is. When we have to deal with the breakdown of our marriage is. When we have to deal with that funeral that we're facing. We've got to deal with the financial struggles that we're in. God, He's out there somewhere, but it's at a great distance. And He's watching, but what He's really doing is watching to mess me up. There was some song, and I was trying to remember how it goes, and I'm horrible with music. Just ask anybody that knows me. And it goes, but it had a line in there where God's the all-seeing eye. And as a kid, that terrified me. I mean, we live in a world now, we've got cameras on us all the time, and you know, you can pretty well be assumed you're being taped somehow. But as a kid, that wasn't the case, and I thought, God sees me every moment, and what God's doing is He's looking to take names. He's looking to catch me at my worst. That's what it means when God's watching us. And what Emmanuel means is not that God's watching us, is that He's with us. He's in the middle. And so the whole meaning of Christmas If Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus, Christmas is about the incarnation of Jesus. About God putting on flesh. And if you know anything about the word incarnation, it comes from the carne, meat, flesh. God putting on flesh and stepping into history. The Christian claim is this, and make no mistake, the Christian claim is that God became a person, became a baby, and stepped into a particular moment in history. Not remained a concept far away and at a distance. God dressed himself up in flesh and walked on the planet in a particular location with a particular group of people at a particular time in history and became one of us. Emmanuel God is with us. And as strange as it seems, in the middle of all that Joseph was dealing with, and all that the culture was dealing with at the time, and all the struggles that they were having, that when God says, yes, right in the middle of this bad news, let me give you the good news. A baby is going to be born. You can almost go, what else you got? Is that it? He says, but not just any baby. I'm going to enter into your very presence. I'm coming to you as the person of Jesus, the person of Emmanuel. So let me give you a few takeaways that I think is important as we look at this. Takeaway number one from this. Emmanuel means God is with us even when our circumstances tell us differently. 
Emmanuel means that God is with us even when we look around and what's happening to us convinces us of something else. See, it would be really easy in 2020 to look around and go, I'm not sure where God is. I, I, I think he went on vacation. I think if he is watching, it is at a great distance because he should be doing something about this mess that we're in. Or perhaps maybe it's not even collectively, maybe it's individually. When you're walking through something that's incredibly difficult and you're in a season of life and you just want to cry out, God, where are you in the midst of this? What I want at least you to understand is that Emmanuel, God with us, does not mean that's only true when your circumstances line up and show you that it's true. In fact, you could be in the very center of God's will and still struggling with your greatest challenge. That is Joseph's experience. Joseph is right where God wanted him to be. Joseph is going to be the earthly father to Jesus. It is his job to care for Mary and raise up this child. And God's going to use him in a very unique way. And yet, even though Joseph is right where God wants him to be, it's going to cost him dearly. He's not going to find a place where he can just be comfortable at home. In fact, in Matthew, they have to go on the run. Once again, Matthew's the edgier of the Gospels. They have to go on the run and escape to Egypt. Because Herod is trying to kill the baby. And so, even though Joseph experiencing exactly what God would have him do, and this, nothing about the circumstances would convince Joseph, nothing about circumstances would his friends look at him and go, man, Joseph, you're living the good life. God is really blessing you. Any of the standards that we typically use go out the window. So your worst moment does not mean that God has abandoned you. It means he's stepping into that with you, which brings me to takeaway number two. It's this. I'm sorry, let me, let me give you a, a verse on that one first. Uh, this idea is reflected, this idea that God's with us even when circumstances tell us differently. Isaiah 43.2, if you want to write that reference down, Isaiah 43.2 is this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Once again, God with us. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God's with you, but understand what the verse is promising. It doesn't promise you can avoid the floods, the rivers, and the fires. In nowhere does Scripture make a promise that you follow Jesus and all of that stuff just goes away. What the promise is that you will not walk through that alone and it will not overtake you. You will still experience it, but it won't overtake you. There are so many of you that I've watched walk through some difficult, heart-wrenching situations but you are able to walk through it and you inspire me and you inspired others around you because you walk through it with a sense of God's got me even in the middle of this. Your circumstances do not define whether God's with you or not. So the second takeaway is this. Emmanuel means God is with us because he understands what it means to be us. Emmanuel means God is with us because he understands what it means to be us. See, one of the biggest criticisms that I hear from the world, from those that don't follow God, is that what right does he have to judge me? He, he hasn't experienced what I've got to experience. He didn't come from where I have to come from. He didn't grow up like I grew up. He doesn't have 
the spouse that I have, or he doesn't have the job that I have, or he hasn't had the hard knocks that I have, what right does he have? God's not watching from a distance. God's right here in the middle of it. Emmanuel means that God is with us because he understands what it means to be us. Let me show you this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says, this is talking about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest, that's a reference to Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Look at that first line again. For we have our priest who we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us. You ever been struggling with something and find and reached out to somebody and they just couldn't sympathize with you? It it, it never seemed like they understood what you were going through. And they always seemed to make the ache hurt more because you just wanted somebody to understand what you're going through. Emmanuel, God with us, means that Jesus steps into the world. He experienced all the experience that you and I have experienced, and he's able to sympathize with us. So it's simple. Did you ever experience life as a baby? Emmanuel did. Did you ever go through a toddler phase? Emmanuel did. Did you ever fall down and skin your knee? Emmanuel did. Did you ever go through an awkward teenage years? Some of you still are. Emmanuel did. Did you ever know what it means to face the world alone? To be tired, to be weary. Did you ever know what it's happened to have everything taken away from you? You may not experience that one yet, but Emmanuel did. Did you ever experience what it means to be betrayed by a loved one, by someone that you thought was on your side? And in the moment where it all counted, turned on them, on you. Because you see, Emmanuel, God with us did. Have you ever stood at a funeral? You wondered about what's the answer to death? Emmanuel has. Because the Christmas story is connected to the Easter story. And Jesus is the one that stepped into, born as a baby, destined to die. And experience what that was like. That's what the one that we serve, that's the good news that happened. Because Emmanuel comes to us. The Christmas message, and I hope you'll believe it. Not only that, I hope you believe it, but I hope you experience it. In the middle of all the bad news... All the bad news that's on our news and all the bad news that's in your world right now that's maybe more, far more personal. In the middle of that, the message that we need to hear, the one that was proclaimed from the angels so long ago says, God is with you. He's drawn near. And the question is not, will he seek you? The question is, will you seek him? Will you lean into that? Because as far as I can tell, you've only got two options. 
listen to the bad news or lean into the one that says, let me walk with you through these waters because I've been there. Let me walk with you through this fire because I've already gone through that for you. Let me be with you in this moment because I'm the one that's come to not just be with you, but to save you. I've shared this before, and it's one of my favorite uh, Christmas illustrations, and so you, many of you may have heard this, but I, loved, I found this in an article where the, from the, in England where the North Yorkshire police, they responded to a call where a drunk driver had run his car into a telephone, or off into a, a telephone pole and a, and a sidewalk. Here's a picture of it. They tweeted out the picture. They thought it was so funny. And so when they got to the scene, they couldn't find the driver. What they did is they realized that he fled the scene, gone about a block down the road, and hidden in a nativity scene, a life-size nativity scene. He was hiding in it. And so one of the police, after they got arrested, after the guy was arrested, tweeted out along with this picture that says, says, he was making some puns here, so listen to the puns. Gold star to my fellow colleagues as one mer drunk driver, I didn't write these, by the way, with no frankincense is taken off the road. Now what I love about that story, puns aside, is that in his desperation, he ran to the nativity. In the moment of shame, he seeks some kind of uh, protection, some kind of sanctuary in the message, in the one that is God with us. As we go through these sermons over this, this, week of, this month of December, the message is Emmanuel, God with us. The good news is God is with us even in the middle of the bad. Will you run to them, to him, and find your sanctuary there. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful that in the midst of all the bad news that we've experienced this year, that the message of Christmas shows up now, and we get to experience this act of grace on your part one more time again. And so, Father, help us be the ones that embrace this, that says you are with us. Father, I do want to pray for those that this year perhaps has been incredibly difficult beyond just what's on the news, but what's going on inside their own homes, inside their hearts, inside their lives, whatever, Father. Maybe it's a loved one in the hospital. Maybe it's a loved one that's wrestling with COVID-19 in a very serious way. That you would still be Emmanuel in the middle of that. That you would show up as they walk through that particular fire that you would be with them and not allow them to be burned or for the rivers to overtake them. Father, help us to find our comfort and our security in the story, in the truth, that is that Jesus came into the world as a baby. And just as the angels proclaimed so long ago, that that is good news. May this wash over us in a fresh way this Christmas season. It's in your holy name I pray.
Amen.